minerals are actually so much more important. I, I can't say they're more important than vitamins because they're more overlooked. Like that's the truth. Mm. Minerals are electricity in the body. Like they're literally what creates the spark and the building block. And the vitamins are what are basically then enabling that energy. Like you need the minerals are what's dramatically overlooked and they're what cause real issues in the body. Whether um, again, it's energy, brain fog, histamine, low immunity, etc. You can take a whole lot of B12 if you want for energy, but I would rather look at what do your CalMag levels look like? We just talked about Courtney. What do your sodium potassium levels look like? You're going to get a whole lot more energy out of your electrolytes than you will out of B12. If you're a health coach or practitioner, I have a question for you. How much time do you spend ordering functional lab tests for your patients? You see, ordering from multiple lab companies for your patients can quickly turn into hours of admin time. But there's a new way to order lab tests. Rupa Health is an amazing tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. Imagine you're ordering a hormone panel for a patient that includes tests from three different labs. You'd have to log into three different websites to place separate orders and come back weeks later to track down the results. Rupa eliminates all of that by handling all ordering, tracking, and results in a single place and so much more. The best part about Rupa, it's free for practitioners. Just go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com to join a live demo or sign up to see how it works for free. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. I've got my co-host, Dr. Motley here, and we have Dr. Stephen Cabral with us. And I am so excited because he is another super influential person in the health space. He's blazing a trail, just helping equip so many people, practitioners, and just your everyday person access these tangibles that are going to change your life in a better way. So he has an incredible book we're going to talk about, international best-selling, uh, The Rain Barrel Effect. He has a wildly successful podcast called The Cabral Concept and a health school. I mean, you do so many things, have so many credentials, but Probably the most important and relevant is the fact that you have your own personal testimony and experience. And I know that that has shaped the way that you view the body and you also, the way that you teach other people how to understand the feedback their body's giving them. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. And second, I mean, welcome to the show. I just, I want you to be able to, we're, we're going to maximize every minute we have. Thanks for being here. And Dr. Molly, good to see you again. Good to see you too. I appreciate being, being here, uh, getting to chat with your community and all the work that you've, uh, done has been absolutely amazing, I think, with your company in the field and uh, just happy to be a part of it. So cool. Well, I think it would be really great to start with how you landed where you are. Like, how did we get here with Dr. Cabral? Because I know that there is a lot that goes into not only your own personal health story, but why you have this mission to lead other people so that they can understand how to make decisions that will really better their health outcome. I think like a lot of natural health-based practitioners. I didn't necessarily choose this space for myself. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I ended up with what's called an idiopathic illness, which essentially just means that conventional medicine doctors are not able to figure out 
what is wrong with you based on blood work alone? Mm. And so I spent two years going from doctor to doctor, specialist to specialist, and as brilliant as they were, they couldn't figure out exactly what was wrong with me. They just saw that my white blood cells were off, but besides that, they couldn't figure it out. I didn't have cancer. I didn't have any other type of specific disease that they could find. So that left me as essentially a really sick kid with a shutdown immune system who was always dealing with pneumonia, swollen glands, uh, brain fog, fatigue, night sweats, like all of the most random things. And that led to a pretty challenging life. Well, when I got to be about 19, 20 years old, I was introduced to natural health or natural medicine. Keep in mind, this is like the mid to late 90s. So mm -hmm. there's no real internet. There's no real talk of functional medicine. And I kind of stumbled into it. Well, lo and behold, there are other ways to test the human body beyond blood work. So mm -hmm. we started doing salivary-based tests for hormones. We started looking at food sensitivities and gut function, et cetera. Turns out I had a host of issues. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, I uh, ended up being diagnosed with Addison's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, POTS, myalgic encephalomyelitis, a bunch of different things. And the problem is when conventional medicine finds out about that, you put on a handful of medication. It still mm. doesn't solve the underlying root cause. So while my symptoms may have been better, I was still a really sick kid on the inside. Mm. I meet my mentor, Dr. Pete, at 27 years old, 10 years after I got sick. She pulled everything together within six months. No more Addison's disease, type 2 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, POTS, anything. And although my body still had some time to heal, I realized at that moment that really anything is possible with the right information in front of you. And so my job is simply to try to get as much of that information to as many people as possible. To me, like that story, like and how you overcame that, it's like very inspiring. So when Dr. Pete, your mentor came to you and you started to learn about the testing procedures, one thing I'm really impressed with was how you test. What are your guidelines? Because many people out there are going to listen to you and say, okay, I've been and have had tests. They don't show much. And I know you have through your, your writings and through your posts, like what are some of the things that the labs you look for? Like, what are the things you kind of specifically go in and say, hey, this is a good lab like that has Dr. Cabral's like approval. And so which lab do you use or do you have your own lab? In an ideal world, every human would run the big five every year. I call it just the big five because it's easier than saying the candida metabolic vitamins test, food test. I mean, so it's like all these different labs, but really what they do is they look at foundational health. Mm. So, you know, if we do something different, it's only that we don't necessarily care about running. Like we, we have the ability to run neurotransmitter tests, to run all sorts of very interesting and, and appropriate lab tests for some individuals. But none of those things matter as much if you have certain deficiencies. So we look at mm. deficiencies and we look at toxicities. Mm. So if you have candida, right, there's four things that can go wrong with the gut for the most part. There is parasites, H. pylori, yeast overgrowth of some type, or bacterial overgrowth or imbalance of some type. Mm. Then you can have intestinal permeability. Okay, all of that you know, is part of it. But what we look for is if there's autoimmune issues, before we start to tackle how to improve CD8 you know, cells or CD4 immune-based cells, why would we do that when there's all these issues with the gut? So we look at the gut, we look at hormones, specifically cortisol, and and because that affects then thyroid, it affects estrogen, progesterone. So if we're talking about fertility and we're not talking about evening cortisol, how are we going to fix fertility, right? How are we going to fix that? Mm. So we look at hormones, we look at food sensitivities, we look at the gut, we look at vitamin levels, we look at mineral levels, we look at inflammation through omega-6, omega-3s, uh, and we look at... Um, 
what else? What's the last thing that we look at? Talked about the food sensitivity. So that's what we run. We run five labs. And mm. that tells us, do heavy metals was the last one. Do you have toxicities such as gut toxicities, heavy metals, cortisol toxicity, those types of issues? And then also, do you have deficiencies? Because if you have toxicities, but you also have deficiencies, well, now we don't have the energy from the body through things like zinc and vitamin C and B vitamins in order to support that. So that's what we call foundational-based health. And then after that, we can start to look at all the other intricacies. But honestly, I've seen over the years, and it's been now, we've worked with well over a quarter of a million people. Uh, we've done you know, many, many years of this, is that if you put a person's body in position to heal, meaning give them the nutrients that they need, and then help to remove those toxicities, the body will heal itself. So it's not my job to tell the body how to heal itself. It's my job to give the body what it needs and then basically get out of the way. Oh, that's a really good point. So do you need, you need to bring in the resources is essentially what you're saying in order to allow the body to do the dumping of like the toxicity to actually allow the detoxification to happen. Because sometimes we think, you know, we'll just throw all the binders or whatever, which I think can be helpful, but it's like, we're also not giving the liver or whatever detoxification organ the actual nutrients it needs to assimilate, you know, the, the detoxification processes that should be carried out. Absolutely. And it's also like, when you look at, let's look at thyroid, for example, there's what one out of five women who are functionally low in thyroid, about one out of eight to 10 men. So if we just look at thyroid, okay, how do you fix the thyroid? Well, there's only really 12 different things that could go wrong with a thyroid. And you might say, well, 12 is a lot. Yes, but you can run at home labs and narrow it down to like two to three. And so then you just work on those two to three, right? Is it a selenium deficiency? Is it an iodine deficiency? Is it a B6 deficiency? Or is it a heavy metal issue like mercury, cadmium, arsenic, some, some type of like haloid-based group that's mm -hmm. taking the issue with, with iodine? So what I do is I say, I know that there's only about 12 things. It could be high cortisol, right? HPA axis affecting the HPT axis. And so we just use labs to make people's lives easier so that you don't need 30 nutritional supplements and 30 different lifestyle programs. We'll give you a couple lifestyle-based modifications. So you have to change your whole life. We'll give you a couple based nutritional supplements and a couple specific foods in order to be able to rebalance the thyroid. And now, you know, though, like this was important for me, your, your genetics are always there, right? Mm -hmm. But why don't I, so I had type two diabetes and rheumatoid arthritis and the autoimmune issues and Addison's. So it's in my genetics, but I don't have it anymore. So, but the thing is my body would feel in the same exact way again, if, if I allowed it to, right? So if you have thyroid issues, your body's mainly going to feel in the same way again. So if you can figure this out now, and in 10 years from now, you start to get the same symptoms. You're like, oh, okay, well, I have a blueprint for what I did previously as to how to fix this. And so it's understanding your own blueprint for your body. And I think that's been amazingly beneficial. So I know for me, what foods work and which ones don't, what supplements work and what don't. And over time, your body gets stronger. So you can actually start to taper off nutritional supplements. And um, the nice thing is you have more leeway. You know, if I, I didn't have any leeway as in my 20s, if I, I would get pneumonia every winter, my immune system was so weak. Now I can miss a night's sleep and it's no big deal or whatever it might be. And so that's the place that everybody can get to. I think that like you can hear it in your voice, Doc. Like I love it because the passion you have about it and um, it's not just passion. It's the steps that you're providing with individuals because I'm totally going to go in with you and I'm going to do my pro I'm going to do a program with you because I can tell that you care about people. And that's what Courtney says about you. And I believe that with all my heart. And so individuals out there, when you say, 
taking the steps, the steps, like when you talk about heavy metal toxicities or just the infections, when you put in the proper nutrition, because many people out there are going to say like, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. There's too many things that I have to do. You're showing us that there's a pattern that you can approach somebody with a, a, a simplistic pattern through your process. Could you ease the people's minds? Like they're going to say, okay, what else do I have to, I mean, what do I have to do? There's so many things, but you're showing that you don't have to do crazy amount of things, right? Like you can find out the basic information. hundred percent. And the thing is most people who are listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. they're not a true beginner. So they've already worked a little bit on their diet. They're trying to get in their steps every day. They're trying to get a little bit more sleep. So it's like in my book, I talk about the de-stress protocol. It's mm -hmm. the only way that I know how to heal. It's because I've tried everything else. It's diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest, which is your sleep, emotional balance, scientifically backed supplements, and a su success mindset. So mm -hmm. when you look at that, you can double down, triple down, quadruple down just on supplements. You're not going to get better. I tried that, right? You can mm -hmm. do all diet and you can start to make some really good headway, but is it your diet going to get rid of your parasites? I've never seen it happen, right? Is your diet alone going to be, you'd have to be, you'd have to swing so far in one direction with your diet that to get rid of those things, let's say yeast overgrowth. Okay. You go no carbs. You do nothing except like meat, right? Okay, fine. But then you're going to throw off other areas of your body as well. So then you cause issues there. So what I like to do is just say, can we narrow this down to make it much simpler for you that you can figure this out? And the truth is that most people will heal within about 12 to 16 weeks. Is that mm. overnight? No, I mean, it's not. And I'm not ever going to say that it is, but the nice thing is you get gradually better as well. So the worst of the worst people, it takes about three to six months. And so you get better, like you feel a difference in the first 21 days and then a little bit better next week and a little bit better. The, what, the reason why that's nice is that you don't want to get rid of your symptoms all at once. Your symptoms are there to tell you that your body is struggling with something. Mm -hmm. And when you have less and less symptoms through non-pharmacological approaches, you're getting better. You're doing something right. I like the symptoms. If I get like a little breakout on my skin, I'm like, oh, what did I eat yesterday or the day before? What, did, what new did I add in? Did I add a different food, a different herb, a different supplement? Like my skin's letting me know something's going on, like our overall exterior and our symptoms as well. And so I also look at it like this. You do this once, you do it right. You learn from it, not just do it, but learn from it. Take it with you. You don't have to do it again. So do you, okay, this is great. And it, this is, this is a good segue too, because I, I love that the, you brought up the testing and kind of this like evaluation, we're building resiliency in the body. So we're, we're building month after month, year after year, we should be building our body's tolerance and resiliency so that we're not as sensitive to things like toxins, because now our detoxification systems are working more efficiently. So now we can actually get rid of them. We're not just accumulating them. So when we talk about some of the lab testing and doing them, you know, annually, we should start to see some progression and things getting a little better, I would assume. So if you're listening to this, we, I actually ran, um, I did an HTMA test, which is a hair tissue mineral analysis. And when I had my health coaching practice, I used to do some of these. It took me a long time to really understand how to interpret them because they, it's not that they're misleading, but there's a lot of nuance to them. Just because something mm -hmm. looks elevated doesn't necessarily mean that it's high in the body. It could be that you are dumping that out in the hair. So it could be a loss pattern. We're going to talk about this, but I would love to just give an example and we're not going to spend like a ton of time here because there's so much that Dr. Cabral can bring to us, but 
just for an example's sake, we're going to look at my HTMA and I also have not seen the results of this. So I'm a little scared. I'm scared. You know, I'm very I'm, much. If the good thing is Dr. Motley's here. So for moral support, if things really go there bad and, and I'm dying of like mercury toxicity, you know, I expect like virtual what, hugs right What now. if Dr. Cabral looks at it and he goes, he's like, <laughs> man, just shake my head. <laughs> I mean, Maybe if he does we'll, a teeth clench, I'm I'm all, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm know. here for you. Go. Don't I worry. may be a new patient by the end of this podcast. <laughs> so I, and I just want to reiterate a point that you brought up, and this is really important because you have a lot of people out there suffering from Lyme, mold, heavy metals, et cetera. Not, not as much heavy metals, but like, let's say mold and Lyme and other infections and diseases and pathogens. And they've had it for years. Like I see that as that should never be the case. And the reason is, is that we're, we're unfortunately essentially trying to treat the Lyme or treat the mold or the mycotoxins alone without boosting their body's natural defenses. Mm. That's why they always seem to relapse. I only learned this through my own health issues, meaning like I, I saw a lot of natural health practitioners from 20 years old to 26 or so before I met Dr. Pete, and they were all doing great work. And so like, I learned a lot from them. Don't get me wrong. And I read thousands of books and like all this stuff. What I didn't understand is that you can't just complete a protocol and then that's it. You need to be doing something on the back end to boost your health. So I really had to go back and say, how do I calm my central nervous system? Like my autonomic nervous system. Like I have to be able to like relax and turn off and get sleep at night. You know, I have to be able to boost my immune system because yes, you can be on a mold protocol, but eventually you know, 51% plus in New England homes, or I'm, I'm in Boston, um, have mold, right? Or at least in the environment outside. So what do you do? Do you always stay in a mold protocol? No, you need to boost your immune system in order to be able to fight the mold as it begins to enter the body. And so that's what we hope to do with the protocols too. There's basically a, a healing phase, and then there is a maintenance rebuilding phase and your body gets stronger over time. And Ayurvedic medicine, uh, which I know that you, you know you're familiar with, is that you look at it in the body and it's essentially an every six week to 12 week quarterly strengthening process. So it basically how they relate it in their speak is that it got deeper into the tissues over time. Mm. So the body got stronger over time. And when we look at that, like, okay, how do we look at that now 6,000 years later? Well, if we just want to take it from like a red blood cell perspective, your red blood cells turn over about every 120 days, 90 to 120 days. That's like once a quarter. Okay. That makes sense. Like we're replenishing nutrients. We have stronger cells, better protein folding and DNA replication, stronger mitochondria, stronger body. So just wanted to state that, that, um, that is the overall goal as we're looking at your minerals and metals test. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know if that's I love this. This is so good doc. Okay. So with the, the replenishment and I, I love, um, how you say like replenishment because at times in practice, when people come in with lots of Lyme, they'll come with parasites, they'll come with metals. I always find that for me, it's more important to help the patient like build, 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 because every, everything out there is geared to kill, kill, kill. Like it's, mm -hmm. oh, we got to kill every single thing off and make sure everything's cleaned out. And I'm doing a detox. People out there are going to ask like, Dr. Cabral, I've done so many detoxes. I've done so many things. My hair, skin, and my, my analysis of my minerals are still showing deficiencies. Mm -hmm. The whole realm of killing off instead of rebuilding is happening out there today. So not to say like we are going to talk about people who just say detox is the answer, but building up, what is like some of the steps when you see Courtney's, 
you know, analysis, like when you see something like, okay, we start with minerals, we start with vitamins or, yes. you know, you start with a whole plethora. What is your, what is your first steps with that? Yes. Yeah, so the goal is identification of minerals and vitamins, which is essentially what the body runs off of. And then your proteins, fatty acids, and your carbohydrates. I mean, we demonize carbohydrates, but this is nothing new. I, I'm, I've been in the industry since the mid nineties, late nineties. And so like, I've already seen, I've already seen the wave and we're just back in another wave. Um, but when you look at it, everything nowadays is depletion, right? So it's like, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of functional medicine detox. Don't get me wrong, but the longest one we ever do is 21 days, right? Like mm -hmm. then it's done. And so, and what is it doing? Even during the detox, you're replenishing vitamins and minerals to support your liver and kidneys to remove toxins from the body. But now what's big, right? Cold plunge, sauna, low carb, intermittent fasting, hard workouts. All of those are great. You combine them all. What do you have? A lot of catabolism, right? Catabolism will go up. And so what does that mean? More breaking down of the body. So the body needs what? It needs more fuel. It needs more energy. Yeah, we're eating less and we're taking longer without food. And it's not like I don't believe in intermittent fasting. Of course I do. But if 12 to 16 hours is good, that doesn't mean 21 hours is better, right? Like it, that doesn't, that's not necessarily the case. And then it's also the, asking the question for who or for whom, right? A person with Addison's disease or adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue or whatever, should they be doing a 20 hour fast? Probably not, right? Like that, that would be pretty depleting for their body. Mm -hmm. So what we look at is always balance. Um, you can do anything really that you want with your, uh, your life, as long as you're building up that stressor over time, but you have to give it the fuel. And so when I look at this minerals and metals test, I look at a really easy way with a couple of snips of hair that they use for the FBI, for drug testing. They use it um, on PubMed for testing women uh, during pregnancy with heavy metals to see how it may affect uh, their unborn child. So this has been around for like about four decades. And so what I do is this, I say, and I know that you do the same uh, over at, at Ancient Health, I believe. And so you're saying every human needs these vitamins and minerals. Some humans may need more methylated B vitamins because of certain genetic-based issues. Some mm -hmm. humans may need a little bit more vitamin C, um, some might need specific minerals. That's what I'm looking for. So everybody gets vitamins and minerals as a human. And then I just ask, does Courtney need more zinc? Does she need more selenium? But it's always in with her intake. Oh, mm -hmm. again, this is just an example. Um, I'm not saying Courtney has low thyroid, but if Courtney has low thyroid and she has low selenium, I'm like, all right, we're going to want to add a little bit more selenium, you know, and we're going to add a little bit more, which would give her body more nutrients. Now I can do that through a nutritional supplement, or I can do it through saying, Hey, every day, when you make a smoothie, add one Brazil nut, it's going to give you, you know, 50 to hundred micrograms of selenium. And you're going to use that as to boost your levels. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. okay. Totally. This is great. Do you want to go over the minerals and metals? Test? I, I mean, think it's going to be let, good. Let, I, I'm, I'm super interested it. doc. Like what's, <laughs> what's going on with Courtney? I just want to hear this. I, I mean, I do have low thyroid, so that's that for sure. Well, it was you know, the last that I did some testing, but it's been a while. It's also been a really stressful season of my life. So I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> and that's, that's actually good bringing that up. So the reason why we like this test, this is one of our big five. Remember, we're doing urine testing, salivary testing, uh, blood spot, because you can't, not everything's tested the same way, right? You can't mm -hmm. test your thyroid through saliva or hair. You can test your thyroid through blood. And so that's why we do a little blood spot, but all these things can be done at home, like taking a drop of blood for uh, a glucometer, right? For looking at your glucose levels. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there, of course, there's stool testing if someone wants to do that separately 
for the parasites, the H. pylori, et cetera. So the reason why the hair is great, if you do about an inch and a half of hair from the closest to the root, then it's going to be about 90 days of a look back. Why that's important is because if I was doing a consult, Courtney, I would say, yeah, how's the last 90 days been? And then I would get kind of like that, that intake. And then I get a little bit of insight as well. And then it's also easy for children and adults to be able to do it. That's why we like it as kind of an intro lab if people are do it on their own. So when I look at this, this is where it gets confusing because it is unlike every other lab because there's an art and science to basically when you're looking at natural health. So what the first are is your calcium, your magnesium, your sodium, and your potassium. Those are the electrolytes of the body for the most part, and they're going to show your body's stress-based parameters. So for example, I'm not going to go over the exact numbers. You can share that if you want, but your calcium levels are elevated. Okay. So they're quite high. Does that mean that Courtney's taking in too much calcium? No. It means that when your body gets stressed with all the different things you have going on in your life, with family, with work, with moving, et cetera, that if cortisol levels become elevated, you move into more of the what's called sympathetic nervous system or fight or flight, however you want to describe it. When that happens, calcium gets drawn into the bloodstream, whether you choose it to or not. That means it can come from food. It can be broken down from uh, bone. It can come from tissue. And what happens is that when that calcium is no longer needed, it's excreted. And some of that's excreted through the hair. So it, the hair is protein. When it gets to the lab, they burn it to an ash and they look at the minerals in the ash. That's it. Just like that's how we know that lemons are a high potassium food. Turn it into mm -hmm. an ash, look at the ash. Oh, high potassium. So that's how we kind of know the different nutrients. Now, what we look for is its balancer. So everything in nature has a balancing mineral. Calcium has magnesium. Magnesium calms fight or flight in the sympathetic nervous system. It's why people love magnesium because it does all these different things. It's like a panacea. Well, the only reason why it's a panacea is because we're in a stressed out society. And so it helps calm the central nervous system and people are depleted of magnesium because they're stressed in the first place. If they weren't so stressed, they wouldn't be so depleted of magnesium because mm -hmm. magnesium wouldn't be used up as much as we need it for. Mm -hmm. It also takes calcium out of the blood, which is important. It's not just high cholesterol that could cause a heart attack. It's also hardening of the arteries and calcium can calcify the arteries as well. So the good news is that your magnesium is high as well because you might look at that as like, that's a bad thing. No, Magnesium is needed to draw calcium out. Now, having said all that, your magnesium is still not high enough to keep up with calcium. So what I would give as a general recommendation is that Courtney would want to increase her calcium, particularly the second half of the day when we really want to drive down the sympathetic nervous system and move to what's mm. called parasympathetic nervous system and the rest and relax. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, this is so good. So, okay. So when you say calcium now, what, what does calcium supplementation look like? Is that from, I mean, cause you're getting it naturally from food, but like, what, what is the best way to do that in terms of supplementation? And are there any cofactors with calcium absorption that should be considered if, you know, you were taking that? I mean, I, I would imagine that most people listening are like, okay, well, I'm really stressed out right now too. So maybe this is me. Like, maybe this is something. And I do, I always advocate for testing so that you're not just like, okay, I'm stressed. It means I have, you know, this kind of presentation in my body, but there's always, like you said, there's antagonists and there, there, everything is connected. So is there anything with calcium that helps promote, you know, more of the, you know, absorption or bioavailability of it when it comes to taking it in supplemental form? 
Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. And that's also why in our practice, 99% of people are using a good daily activated multi-mineral, which basically has all their methylated B vitamins. It has the functional medicine form. It's not at a mega dose. It's just enough that the human body has everything it needs so that when we go to add in something extra, there are already things to balance it and not drive them down further. We'll talk about zinc in a moment. That's an important one. But um, with calcium, well, what do we want? So calcium, we want to balance that with magnesium and to help with absorption. We want vitamin D3. We might want some vitamin K2. So there are other factors that help with these. And even you can look at certain of the B vitamins can help as well. We don't want to worry about saying, okay, I'm going to take these eight different supplements all to help balance each other. If we can take one kind of baseline and then add on the extras that Courtney needs, that's what we do. Mm. Okay. That's the easiest way to do it. Now you can you can make it really complicated, but we prefer easy. So, because the truth is this, if you're taking nutritional supplements, it can't be your entire life. Like it should just be 10 seconds a day, popping them in your mouth. That's it. Keep mm-hmm. them in a little case, take them out. Don't even think about it. Allow them just to supplement a healthy diet. So we would also say, okay, we want to get in the green leafy vegetables. We want to get in all the different things that can have great calcium for you. And why this is really important is that for women, especially after the age of 27, mm-hmm. really not building too much more bone. So strength training two times a week to three times a week is great. If we're talking about bone mass, uh, we're talking about you know things that are impact-based or so resistance. And uh, then we're talking about good, healthy foods. And typically, if we need more calcium, we'll do a CalMag product mm-hmm. and then add extra magnesium on top of that. Does that make sense? Okay. So totally. get yep. calcium, magnesium. And then if we know, okay, but- Courtney's also having sleep issues at night. She's having trouble turning it off her mind. And she's got this lab test that presents. So we have the person's story as well as the lab. Okay, now we're going to add supplemental magnesium on top. What types and what forms do we want? Uh, There's a lot of forms of minerals because a mineral gets bound to something to help shuttle it and transport it and help with absorption. So the one that I will say is this, that is not as advantageous is calcium carbonate conventional medicine likes to use this one, um, but it's not that great for the overall arteries. Why would someone want to use calcium carbonate or why would it be used? Well, one is it's, it's it's an inexpensive version. That's one. But number two is that it actually has a I don't want to use the term alkalizing because people don't like that term and I get it because it's not changing your blood pH per se, but it has an element of alkalizing raising pH as needed as a bicarbonate. Mm. And that bicarbonate actually can be quite beneficial for the stomach mucosa and other parts of the body as well. So look for a citrate, look for a glycinate, look for um, a lysinate, look for threonate. If we're talking about magnesium, Mm. calcium citrate's a a great form. There are others as well, but I don't want to overcomplicate this. Love that. Mm. I love some magnesium and I, I do like taking that at night. I do feel like that's really helpful. And even doing like topical magnesium has been helpful for me too. Just, you know, because I can kind of keep it by the bedside and it's like, okay, I'll put that like on my legs or whatever. And, you know, it helps the kids even like, you know, with leg cramps, stuff like that, but it's an easy absorption, you know, especially if you're somebody at the end of the day, that's like, I'm never going to remember to take supplements. I'm tired. I get kids to bed. I'm just like, you know, that's, that's generally been my pattern because I I am good dialed in until everybody goes to bed. And then it's just like lights out for moms. (laughs) Okay. Calcium, magnesium. So 
Uh, then after that is sodium and potassium. Typically, when we see high calcium and even high uh, magnesium, mm -hmm. we typically see low sodium and low potassium. So that's essentially a drain on the body. If we were to run your big five, we would also have another lab called the stress mood metabolism that looks at your cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, thyroid, et cetera. And we would probably see that your AM cortisol is starting to get a little bit low, but your evening is still elevated. So it's called a diurnal, a dysfunctional diurnal rhythm. Tired and groggy in the morning without caffeine, but can't turn off the mind or body at night. Now that doesn't mean that's you, but we oftentimes see that with the elevated CalMag because you have a lot mm -hmm. of go, go, go and not necessarily... Yeah you know, as much strength in the back end. However, this actually shows good sodium and potassium in your lab, which means stronger constitution so that your body is not breaking down as much that you're fighting this stress, that your body has actually enough energy through the adrenals and other facets of the body, like the thyroid in order to be able to push against. Now, this could be because the stress is fairly recent mm. over the last 90 days or so, and not chronic over the last few years. If it was years-based, we would probably see that lowered sodium potassium. So I always say, great, we caught this now. We're going to actually work on this through lifestyle and through nutritional supplements and other factors. And then this is hopefully a temporary thing. And mm -hmm. so just wanted to share that as well. Okay. And this is so good. I, okay. I'll just be honest. My life has been crazy stressful for a year. Cause I had a baby almost exactly a year ago. Um, it'll be July 4th and traumatic car accident a few months later, moving multiple to like, it's been insane. However, I will say I crush minerals like on a regular basis. So I probably, I mean, I do like, I'm not, you know, advocating or anything, but like I'll use jigsaws, adrenal cocktail every day. I do, uh, elements. I have packets of elements everywhere. So, you know, I'm throwing that in water all the time. So I do. And I, I mean, I'm a heavy salter. Like when I tell people the amount of salt, <laughs> Dr. Motley <laughs> is laughing because I've seen him the last few weeks and I've been, I get stopped at TSA all the time. Like I, I've kind of wondered, like, is this a problem? Because I am a heavy and I crave it. Like I, my, like, I mean, I don't know if it's just my adrenals, but I do up the vitamin C. I even posted about this yesterday just because the last week has been insanely stressful. So I've upped vitamin C and then I, you know, again, my, me and my Celtic sea salt is just, it's like a permanent attachment. Like some people carry a purse and I just carry a big container of salt. Smuggling salt through TSA. Yes. That's right. They don't like it. That's a I hard thing to you. do. It's, yeah. They don't like it. I mean, they were, the guy was like, the last time I was in Nashville, like a week ago, he was like, so do you like salt? I was like, yes. I'm like, but I can't live without it clearly. And he's like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and you have an enema bag, lady. I just don't get true. this. No, but that's that's me. With that, like with the salt, you know, Doc. When he go, when she wants more salt, like mm -hmm. individuals out there would say, like, because Courtney does, she'll like go in and she will always have like a packet of something to take with um, her body, and I can tell it helps her stress levels out. Because yeah. what you're saying is like, if you keep those levels moderate to high, de decently, then you can't avoid things that would come into the fact like hardening of the arteries or like osteoporosis changes or things of that sort. So it's like, it's a good thing to do that. Like with her blood levels. Well, that's the thing is I think that Courtney, if you weren't doing those things, we would see a totally wiped out sodium potassium. Mm. And again, not from salt intake or potassium intake from the body's ability to deal with stress. And again, if we want to get technical on this, when you're looking at the HPA axis, so your hypothalamus to pituitary gland to adrenals, that sends the signals. Is there stress? Okay, there's stress. 
we're going to produce something called norepinephrine or adrenaline, and we're going to produce cortisol. A lot of people have heard of those things that basically gets the fight or flight going. But what isn't talked about is another called aldosterone, and aldosterone regulates sodium potassium. And so it will do so in order to get that blood pressure going and keep you in fight or flight. So what your body's saying is, I need more salt to stay in fight or flight. And But it's not just that. You're taking vitamin C. You're taking a lot of other things, which is doing what? It's, it's a scale, right? So you're pushing mm-hmm. down really hard on the stress side, but you're also then pushing down hard on the supplement side as well because you can't get it through food alone. So that's when supplements are very useful because if you, you can't just say, oh, well, I don't believe in supplements. Okay, well, then you have to not believe in stress either, right? Because like the, you have to do something. You can't not do anything. And so you're doing the right thing. And then eventually we try to do things to ease up on the stress. And then when that happens, okay, then we can ease up on the supplements. Hey, Dr. Axe here. Your journey to optimal health hinges on one powerful tool, tracking glucose. Poor glucose control is associated with a number of chronic conditions, not just diabetes, but also Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. Levels helps you see how different foods and activities affect your health by giving you real-time feedback using a continuous glucose monitor. For example, Thanks to Levels, I've detected spikes in my blood sugar when I have more than half a cup of fruit at a time. Uncovering the real-time effects of food on my body and then harnessing the power of Levels personalized recommendations has led me and my family to completely overhaul and upgrade our strategies for eating and living healthier lives. To discover Levels for yourself, go to levels.link slash ancienthealth to get two months free on your membership. I'm not sure how long this offer will last, so be sure to jump on it now. That's L-E-V-E-L-S dot link slash ancienthealth for two months free on your membership. Oh man. I love hearing this. I feel seen. I really do. Totally. (laughs) Like the salt part, when you said you feed the salt to help stay in fight or flight. Cause I had a friend of mine, he used to be in practice all day and he would always take a, like a little palm of salt doc. And he would just lick the salt in his hand. He goes, yeah, I got to keep my dreams. Cause he was in fight or flight. That's what, yeah. okay, this is good. Especially like if you taste salt and you don't say, oh, that's way too salty. Your body very well may have a need for it. Like that's why people ask me, how much salt should I take? Well, it's salt this goes for younger. As you get older, your taste buds might be a little bit weaker. It's very different, but it's salt to taste for the most part when you're adding it into water. Now Mm -hmm. there is, there are upper limits to this, right? Like some people are salt sensitive and it, in some people, small amount of the population, it does cause hypertension and higher blood pressure. But again, bioindividuality, take your blood pressure. You know, is it below 120 or over 80? You know, for the most part, take it, especially at night. That's the most important time to take your blood pressure. Uh, But you know, most likely your body's crying out for additional salt, as well as the other B vitamins and uh, glutamine and vitamin C and zinc, which we'll be talking about in a moment, that get used up in times of fight or flight. All right. This is great. This is I, great. Do. I, love I know this. we haven't I gotten to the, the toxic stuff on yet. The, on so. the this is great. <laughs> but I feel validated in my salt, my, my salt right now. So, well, okay. There, well, All right. Over two others. There are, I mean, there's uh, on this, there's manganese, there's chromium, there's selenium, there's phosphorus. I'd like to go over the two others, that, which are copper and zinc. Okay, and let's do so, this. Right? Yeah. Go ahead. I love it. I love copper and zinc because sometimes when we run analysis and such, we have a lot of patients that come in and ask about their copper levels or like ask what it means. And like when we talk about zinc, so yes, doc, let's let's dive into this. Well, it's, and it's super important because copper was never talked about, like honestly, never talked about before like five years ago, maybe seven years ago. Why copper is important is that it has 
massive negatives and also massive positives. So those that are high in copper often, often show, especially with children, learning disabilities, learning disorders, can even show bedwetting. Uh, it could show hypersensitivities to the environment, to food sensitivities, skin rashes, allergies, et cetera. Now, the strange thing is when it's high, it's, those uh, can show up. And when it's low, the same, but also with the low, it's less mind and it's more um, energy-based. So mm -hmm. the mitochondria and your thyroid need copper in order to function at 100%. And mm -hmm. so we can see it go both ways. But honestly, um, the other last part is this, is that copper is intimately tied to zinc. And so what we had over the course of the last three years is people doing lots of supplementation with zinc, uh, which is not a bad thing, right? Like up to 50 milligrams per day seems to be totally fine in the literature. I don't think you need to go 50 milligrams every day. We typically start at 15 milligrams and we'll usually do up to like 30, 35 on like a daily basis based on the individual. Courtney might need 30 just because of the higher level of stress. And again, for people that are going to the gym more, if there's more tissue breakdown, if you see your hair, skin, and nails getting weaker, you know that your body most likely needs a little bit more vitamin C, a little bit more zinc. And there's a lot of other things that go into it. But I always start with foundation first. So those first, before you would do a collagen, even though collagen is amazing, not really going to do much if you don't have your vitamin D, your zinc, your copper, your vitamin C, I think I said for your skin, right? So when we look at this and we look at Courtney specifically, the ideal level of copper is a 2.5, but anything from 1.5 to three is considered good. Yours is exactly a one. So you're about 50% to like maybe 40% of where you should be. Now, zinc is almost exactly the same. It's a, uh, you're at about a 13 out of an ideal, which is around a 20, 21. Now, the, there's, minerals are all about ratios. It, everything literally has a ratio. So calcium should be at a ratio of about a, it's a seven to one, 6.67 to one for CalMag, uh, calcium to magnesium. But zinc to copper is about a 12 to a one, up to a 15 to a one. So when you're taking a nutritional supplement, you really do want to get about one to 15 ratio when you're taking your copper to a zinc. Okay. So a good copper zinc product mm -hmm. will have about, like I said, 15 milligrams to one of the copper. And why that's important is that on a daily basis, if you take more of one, it pushes down the other. So if you take oh. more zinc, it drives down copper out of the body. So what I recommend is when you're sick, you might go up to 50 to 70. And again, of course, we're not giving any medical advice, medical treatment plans, medical diagnosis, or medical cures on the podcast, but you can go up to 75 milligrams of zinc. That doesn't mean you necessarily want to keep driving your copper up. It's for a temporary two to three week period of time. Mm -hmm. Copper on a daily basis, I typically won't go over two uh, milligrams of copper on a daily basis. I don't think that you need to continue to, to go high on copper. That's this so is interesting. This yeah, is gold. So court, like, because like, at times, like I've had some other like individuals bring their copper and even like, I need to get some analysis done, like for even for my family to you, doc, because they, they show randomly, like, cause like with copper, like they would need copper because they have big, big thyroid issues. So would that mean for Courtney too, Courtney, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, would that mean that Courtney needs to like, how much would she need to supplement you think for her, like with the copper and, and, and the zinc? Yeah. So I would do again, that always the daily foundational, which for us is like daily nutritional support or daily activated multi. Then we would look at a, like a daily omega-3 uh, and we would look at 
of vitamin D3. Like that's the minimum that I think most humans need. Now, if you get a tan year round, you're maintaining your vitamin D levels, you get it tested between 50 and 70 grade. Most people are like, no, I get, I get sun. They're like, you know, maybe, maybe you think you do, but you actually have to get a tan, a slight tan in order to be able to create that vitamin D. So again, you can get it from nature or you can get it from supplements, but you have to get it from one of the places. That's how, you know, I typically talk about it. So like, that's the bare minimum. And then on top of that, uh, we would probably add a product called balanced zinc, which is the 15 to one ratio. And it would increase that enough to where you needed to. Now, again, I don't believe in mega dosing. So we would have, uh, and then we would use a product called daily thyroid support because your selenium is low as well. So then what you would do is you would use those for 12 weeks and then you would retest. And you would say, am I at sufficient levels, you know, on a stress mood metabolism test or whatever it would be? And if the answer is yes, okay, then you're good to go. And, and that, that's the right dose for you. Now, if it's still a little too low, we go up a little bit. Now, if it was ever too high, we come back down. So like, that's the benefit of the functional medicine testing. And as long as you don't go overboard, you're never going to over or undershoot the mark by that much. I'm yeah, writing this down, balanced zinc and thyroid support. Is this, is this like, uh, I know, like, go ahead, Courtney, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, this is, this is really good. And, and I know that copper and iron have a really um, intimate connection as well for iron uptake and iron recycling and things like that too. Because a lot of people, like you said, they're, they're, you know, there's a copper deficiency. I think I read is called the copper cure by Morley Robbins. He like really goes into a whole thing about copper, but really the takeaway for me was that you know, iron, we just look at iron so one-dimensionally and we don't ever look at what's helping load iron, what's helping the iron recycling processes. And like what you're saying, everything hangs in the balance. It has, you know, they've, there's antagonists and, and then there are, are, you know, the other nutrients that are supportive. So you pull on one thing, you're going to affect others. And that's where that like mega dosing any one nutrient or one mineral is may temporarily solve a problem, you know, like very, very acutely, but long-term it's going to start to push other things down, which create other deficiencies to organ systems. So that's something that's really important to realize. And I love that you're bringing it up, especially in relation to this test, because even if it's not an HTMA and you're listening, if your doctor is not addressing things, even on your blood work, just for, you know, a, a regular blood panel, like they should be looking at the connection, not just, Hey, vitamin D is low. So just take a whole bunch of vitamin D. Like they should be asking why vitamin D is low and what the other coat, what, what's supporting vitamin D, like vitamin D is a hormone. We won't even go into all of that, but just saying that I love that you are at your really painting a picture here of why it's so important to look at your body from different angles. And I love that you even use multiple labs to do that, not just one. We're looking at one right now, but it's, you know, HTMA is only going to hold so much information for you. And to get the big picture, you've got to look at all of these pieces together. So yeah, I love this. I agree. I think when you, Doc, do you, do you see this? I'm asking like, because when you work with individuals, I can, I can guarantee the people listening, like, you start to work with them. You're giving them the right minerals, the right vitamins, and you're just basically supporting. But I practice a lot of Chinese medicine, like practice, you know, acupuncture and things, but you'll see it in their skin, right? Doctor, like you'll see it in their face. You'll see it in their skin. Like that's some of the biggest indicators to me. Like some people are getting healthy. Like they'll come in and I'm like, um, what did you do? And they're like, oh, my skin's smoother. And I'm like, well, then I have to go back and say, okay, oh, you did increase your mineral intake. Does that happen doc a lot? Cause people are out there are going to say like, Cause you know, everybody wants the fountain of youth. They're like, yeah. oh, I just, you know, I guess it's just getting older and the lines on my face. And I'm like, no, I have some patients that actually increase their minerals and vitamins and get their, your hormones balanced because of the intake of the nutrients. And they look 
younger and they feel younger, right, Doc? hundred percent. And, and minerals are actually so much more important. I, I can't say they're more important than vitamins because they're o- more overlooked. Like that's the truth. Mm. Minerals are electricity in the body. Like they're literally what creates the spark and the building block. And the vitamins are what are basically then enabling that energy. Like you need the minerals are what's dramatically overlooked and they're what cause real issues in the body. Whether um, again, it's energy, brain fog, histamine, low immunity, et cetera. You can take a whole lot of B12 if you want for energy, but I would rather look at what do your CalMag levels look like? We just talked about Courtney. What do your sodium potassium levels look like? You're going to get a whole lot more energy out of your electrolytes than you will out of B12. Again, I like B12. I used B12 back in the day. It was helpful, uh, but I had real methylation issues. And once I was able to correct those, then I don't need B12 anymore, except you know what's in the daily nutritional support. So you know, it, it, it really does come back down to setting a strong foundation. And honestly, I just want to make one comment about the blood work you're never going to figure out what's wrong with you through blood work alone. Like it's just, mm-hmm. if you can, great. But what you're going to get is a diagnosed disease because I, I run blood work as well. So, okay. So you can get your complete blood count. What are you going to learn from that? That you have anemia. Okay. Yeah. Good. Then you learn that. Okay. What are the cofactors that Cordy was just talking about? Well, for iron, what do we need? Calcium, magnesium, vitamin D3. We need B6. We need zinc. We need copper. Are those all tested on your blood work? Probably not. And then also blood's a homeostatic fluid. So your blood is almost always going to look good because it will just rob it from different parts of your body because uh, of the blood, right? But yeah. hair shows you excretion. Saliva shows you what was being, what's being used currently. Urine shows you what was used. So blood shows you what's available, but not necessarily what's used. And so that's why it's really important that, yes, run your blood work. Good. You know, find out if there's any disease-based state. But if you're not feeling well, or even if, again, if you're feeling well, even better, do it now, figure out what can be optimized so that you don't feel unwell in the future. That, that's the goal of labs like this. These are golden nuggets, Doc. You are just throwing them at me, and I'm trying to reach down and grab them. And I mean that with all seriousness. I, I got to read even more literature from you. Go ahead, Courtney. I'm sorry. I didn't no, know. But this is I great. mean, y'all, Dr. Cabral, he's going there, blowing the lid off of all the things like, you know, you're going to hear conventional medicine. I'm here for it. So, okay. Well, this is amazing. I, I, I have to ask because I know this is on the HTMA test, the toxic heavy metals and, yes. and some of those which I'm a little bit, you know, can be somewhat alarming, but I want for, I would love for you just to briefly touch on that because these, these are really important for a lot of people because they're so disruptive to the energy and mitochondria systems of a body. So I'll let you go there. And then if I fall over on the floor because you're, of my results, you're going to be fine. Send in the troops. Dr. Cabral's got your back. Here we go. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the nice thing is everything you find on lab work is fixable. So that's why you want to run your labs and not be afraid to run them is that you'd rather know because you can fix it. And pretending that it's not there is not a good thing. It only gets worse, never gets better on its own. So when we look at yours, we have have five different categories we look at for heavy metals. It's lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, and aluminum. Lead, we never want to see elevated, not even a little bit. So not even that basically, if no, if people haven't seen uh, the minerals and metals test, you'll see basically there's a, 
out of range low, there, there's a moderate, there's a uh, ideal in the middle, and then it starts to get out of range again. Mm -hmm. And so lead we want super low. Um, there, people should not be exposed to lead. Unfortunately, all of these things are through water contamination. Uh, that's one of the biggest sources that we get these things. And then it's in like everyday products, paints, et cetera. But there's so much less and, and obviously it's more of a worry for children. However, I've worked in some really hard cases where it looked like, you know, people would have different lymphomas or cancers or whatever. And I said, you know what, I, maybe that is, let's run the labs. And I see they have high lead. I see that oh, they have wow. something that's massively oxidative in the body. That's breaking the body down. That looks like cancer. Oh, okay. We have lead. Now it's not always that, that you find that, but I've seen cases like that in adults as well. Um, okay. So the others are important because they affect the thyroid. They affect heavy metals are essentially corrosive in the body. They create oxidative stress or damage or free radicals. What does that mean? Tissue destruction, inflammation, breakdown in the body, causes aging, causes disease, brings out whatever those genetics are. So for you, we have a, we have a small amount of mercury elevated and we have a large amount of aluminum elevated. So we always go back to, typically I would ask, okay, how would you get mercury in your body? And it's for the most part, mercury is coming from fish for the most part, larger fish, tuna, swordfish, or previous exposures earlier in your life as well. Maybe it is um, certain shots that you might get that used to use mercury and others is uh, amalgam. So silver amalgams, mercury amalgams in your teeth. Now I had mine removed about seven years ago, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And what happened was they were 20 years old. And over time, just micro amounts start to get into your body as you chew and a little bit comes out. So those are the three main possibilities. There are others, but that that's it. So I'll pause for a second. Okay. So the, that, that is really interesting. And I'm curious too, because I did actually have mercury fillings and I had them like so irresponsibly and recklessly removed. Uh, this was gosh, probably in my early twenties. So it's, it's been a while before I knew about biological dentistry and really like the hygiene and like the, the precautions that should be taken when they go just drilling this stuff out. And it was just three hours of just straight drill and that mercury went everywhere. Uh, so, you know, and, and I've done a lot of detoxification. I also had breast implants, which I've been very transparent about telling people that I had for five years. Um, and I had those removed in 2019, but I had a lot of issues from toxicity from that. I had tons of parasite infections and Dr. Motley knows all about my parasite protocols. I have still been clearing infections, which the parasites, you know, and well, this is another episodes, but you know, they, they actually clean up a lot of this garbage because they love it. They have an affinity for all these metals, but as you start to eradicate some of the parasites too, you know, you can start to see some of that accumulation because they're kind of like a dumpster. They create a lot of waste, which is toxic to your body. Mm -hmm. However, they love to live in toxic environments where they can just eat this stuff up. So I've kind of been through a number of cycles of, of really supporting uh, gut detoxification, cleaning up a lot of metals, but I'm interested as you see the metals, like if they're coming out in the hair, does that mean that they're actually being pulled out of the body? Or does that mean like, this is alarming. Metals don't move very, very well and very effectively or efficiently in the body. So if we see it coming out in the hair, it just means that it is systemically high in the tissue or, you know, uh, in parts of the body. Well, it, it does mean that the body is at least healthy and strong enough to start this excretion process. Now, the issue with running your very first minerals and metals test or any lab is that I don't have any previous data on you from 10 years ago, yeah. five years ago today. And so you might've had mercury through the roof, and this is actually yeah. an amazing number because it's almost all out of your body now. Like I have no idea. And that's why I have yeah. to also use the art of, 
you know, health coaching or health practice in order to be able to say, okay, we're not going to overreact to this. I've now heard Courtney's story. She used to, she had literally, uh, I mean, that is the issue with conventional medicine. Your dentist will be fully masked, you know, fully protected, eye goggles and everything, yet they're drilling in your mouth to remove all of this mercury, which then they have to use a biohazard container to remove from their facility. Mm-hmm. But yet it's okay for you as an aerosol to breathe it in or swallow it down, mm. which is again, completely insane. And so it will also affect your thyroid. So here's the other part though, is that your body stores these metals in adipose tissue and body fat. So if you've lost, yeah, that's why you have to know your client and know your patient. If they've just gone through a weight loss based protocol or a detox where they lost five pounds, 10 pounds, well, guess where all of the contaminants from that adipose tissue is back in your blood, right? Mm. And so yeah. you need to then get in a sauna, do a function as a detox, sweat, like do all the things because it needs to be removed. Your fat tissue is 300 times more toxic than your blood. And that's because your fat tissue is a little storage container. Great. Get it out of the body. We'll, we'll you know, in, essentially your fat tissue is out of the body. Like it's just contained, right? You close the door. And so we have to look at that. The last part is that your biofilm, inside of your gut, which protects the parasites, often does harbor heavy metals. It's one mm. of the biggest places for it. So if you're doing a parasite cleanse or detox, just make sure you are using biofilm disruptors or you will yeah. never get rid of all the parasites because they'll simply lay more eggs you know, and, yeah. and continue to grow. Wow. And so wow. that's, a, that's a big part of it. You need to be able to get at them and access them. Yeah, I well, I, I'm a big fan of biocidin. I I've pretty much, you know, probably single-handedly kept them in business. <laughs> I love their biofilm, but I do switch around some some different things. But I mean, it really is. It takes like if you're listening, you know, it really does take somebody like Dr. Cabral that can unpack all the different layers because if you can see the the history of your health is so important in understanding one where the exposures came from two where some of these infections biofilms all of these things may be accumulated and how to support your body because you can't just go in and just atom bomb your body and like we'll blow it all out of the water and then we'll throw some binders at it and suck it out and you know you'll just you your body doesn't work like that. It is so intricate and it, it's a highly functioning, sophisticated biological entity. So you've got to be really precise and intentional with your efforts. Otherwise, you're probably going to feel like, like complete garbage. You know, you're going to go through these detox protocols and feel awful because you're not, your body's not supported in the way that it should. So, uh, wow, this is okay. So outside of that, any other metals that I should be concerned about? Well, like- Cadmium's good, arsenic's good, but your aluminum's very high. And okay. so again, I always say, like, we found it good, not to worry about it. We're going to take care of it. You know, we do a heavy metal detox. We begin to remove these things with crack cell, chlorella, cilantro, vitamin C, biofilm disruptors. And again, biocidin's a great product, no doubt about it. Very much like it. But you need to use the enzymes to break down the biofilm. Mm-hmm. So the enzymes are what dissolve it biocidin is actually then good at killing, you know, what's there. And so, you know, what I would look at are your product we use is called fluorophyll, but essentially it's the proteases, there's chitosin, there's other types of things that are going to help dissolve that layer there that are that uh, then. So think about this. It's like a fibrin tissue. Think of it as like the roof over your house. Well, you need to take the roof off in order to get at whatever's there. And that's Mm -hmm. what the, the, uh, the biofilm disruptors do. 
So. Okay. So that's interesting. I've just in the last probably five or six months started taking um, a systemic enzyme by Matt Blackburn. He's got one called Dissolve It All that has serapeptase, natokinase, a bunch of kind of like fibrin protein breaking down, you know, enzymes. And I've actually passed like a ton of biofilm, like mm -hmm. crazy yeah. amounts of biofilm. Um, so that's really interesting that you said that because when I was doing the biocide before, I never saw it. And yeah. now I actually, and I do enemas too on a regular basis. Um, so, and like, it's insane. Like the stuff that's being pulled out, <laughs> I'm, it's borderline embarrassing and it takes a lot to embarrass me. So that's saying something, but it, it is, you're, you're just, it's like, wow, all of this stuff mm, was there. Is. So no wonder, you know, but the aluminum. It is like, when I mean, you get we, to the point where you feel like you're going to be embarrassed, but it's glad that we can talk about it because people out there want to be so supported. Like, is this stuff for real? You know, like whenever, you know, when I was doing like heavier amounts of minerals, that's when all my biofilm would come out. When I would increase my minerals, like it would just, it activated something inside me and it would just be like, and honestly, people out there listening, it's like, you can almost feel like when a parasite's moving through your body, you're like, Oh yeah, I know something's coming out like in your body. And like, you can't be embarrassed about it. It's like, this is great doc. Cause the way you approach a lab and say, this is what the problem is. Let's resolve it. And I think that's what it takes the fear out of it. And, yes. and, you know, like with that, I think people out there are going to listen and go, okay, so what do I do? How do I start off with this? Like Courtney, what, what was your first suggestion, Courtney? Are you like, did you just go do the HTMA or did you, um, well, Dr. Cabral tells how you would start, like get in touch with you. What would be the first steps? Yeah, it, it really depends on where the person was before this. If this is your entry into functional medicine, you've never heard about it before. I recommend even just running this one lab. I mean, that's fantastic because it's a learning process. You're not going to learn everything in you know, one call, one session, one whatever it might be. The goal is to listen to a podcast like yours, maybe the Cabral concept, maybe read the rain barrel effect, get some context. And then you're going to say, this seems like the, the best logical step for me. Mm -hmm. If possible, again, I wish everybody would run the big five. Why doesn't everybody run the big five? Well, then you have to, you can't unknow what you just learned, yeah. right? And so then what are you going to do? Do you want to follow through in a protocol that's up to the individual? And it's not that much work, but it is, it's work and it's lifestyle adjustments to a degree. But the nice thing is that most people don't know what it really feels like to be well, yeah. meaning like they're comfortable with being uncomfortable. But do you wake up with abundant energy? Do you fall asleep within 10 minutes of your head hitting the pillow? Do you have ambition? Do you have drive? Do you have vitality? Like, are all those things where they should be? Because if not, that's what life should be like. And yeah. so that's why for myself, I'm healthy now. I'm better, but I'm always pushing the envelope. Like I have something called high-performance health now. I'm looking to say, can I now work on reducing my biological age and my rate of living? Not so that I need to live to 200 years old. That's not necessarily the goal. The goal is to increase my health span so that I can hopefully live to 100 and be healthy till 99 and a half. Like yeah. that's the goal, right? That's like the true goal of living. I think a, a life well-lived is that you do the things for your health so that you're allowed to do with your life what you choose to do your greatest potential. And that's what we try to help people. Mm, oh, man. This is great. We were just talking about that, Dr. Motley. When I was in Nashville like a week ago, we were just talking to Dr. Axe about that. And uh, and it's 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 not just so we can all be these like, you know, these like great gods of our bodies being like, you know, so visibly uh, incredible. But it's like we wouldn't 
we want to be living out our purpose in the best way. And you can't do that when you don't feel well, like you can't accomplish the assignment on your life when you're managing symptoms day in and day out, because the focus is just on you keeping your head above water. So this is all these are all tools. Yeah, that's right. Can you have your mind? Can you have your movement? And that's just a huge thing. Like, and I think that's one thing, like people want their mind and they want their movement in their life and they want to be able to like move around till they're hundred years old. Like by the time I'm a hundred doc, I'm going to be like, I'm done. It's good. It's been a good one. It's been a good run. We like it was good. Yeah. I could walk around and think still. So, That's but right. how do people get a hold of you? How do people reach out? Where do they find you at on Instagram or on social media? How can they get a hold of you? So my main website is stephencabral.com. It's Stephen with a PH. You'll find the book there. Instagram is just my name, Stephen Cabral. You'll find all the different products, different things like that. Labs we're talking about. I know my team put together something for your community. And uh, I believe you have the URL. If you can link that up in the show notes, we'd love to be able to give them uh, a big discount on this particular lab to just, again, get their feet wet in terms of what functional medicine is and overall nutritional health. But it's not just about that. It's about bioindividuality. And I think that that's the next evolution of what we're doing in this field is that there's conventional medicine and there's natural health, but then there's, okay, natural health with the bioindividuality, meaning like this was personalized now for you. So it worked for your friend or your sibling. Uh, we don't know if it's going to work for you, but we know this program does based on your particular wow. result. Okay. So Courtney, we should get, we should do, I know you already did yours, Courtney, but we should do that. Like, see if the, like with the podcast, we should do both do it. Like the whole big thing in the seat, like go through it together. Know. We totally should. And you know what? I actually love that we did this. We haven't done this on, on a show yet, but I just hope that if you're listening, you realize like, cause y'all know I'm like one crunchy mama over here, but we're all in process. So it's, you know, my health is not perfect. It's something I've worked on really hard for the last decade, yeah. but I'm just like Dr. Cabral said, like, it's not about achieving perfection. It's about building resiliency in your body and allowing you to get to new thresholds and new levels of health. So you can access things that maybe you hadn't before. Cause you just don't know how good you could possibly feel. Most of us are living in that, like 30 to 40% capacity. And it's like, oh, we just think, well, as we get older, everything declines. That's the mentality. That's the culture. And I, I mean, but that couldn't be further from what we could actually experience. So I hope you feel encouraged knowing that like, you know, clearly I, my health is not perfect. There are some things that, you know, I could definitely work on it, but having the tools, having the knowledge gives you the power to be able to take action steps. And I am so grateful that Dr. Cabral has taken his, his time and energy to put towards, you know, looking at some of these labs and really sharing with us. We do have an awesome discount for you guys to get your hands on this HTMA test. So if you want to do that, make sure you hit all of the links in the show notes. We're going to map all of it out for you um, because we want you to be able to access it. It's a really useful test. And like you said, I mean, it's just your hair. So, I mean, it's not like it, it, you could do it from home. I've, I have even done these on the kids. So I find it to be a very low barrier to entry when it comes to testing because you don't, you don't need a lot. You just need scissors. You can, and you can accomplish it. Yes. Thanks so much, Doc, for joining us today. And for all of you guys out there listening, please read his literature, check out his website, and um, I'm going to go do it. And so I'm going to check it out, Doc, and we'll be in touch about this. This is great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. And again, let me know if there's any additional questions. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Gabral. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We will thanks, see you guys. on the next episode. 
Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.